and welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And I'm Mr. Frog. (laughs) (laughs) This week we're talking about Season 2, Episode 11, Ted. (laughs) So I had two announcements, one of which was an introduction, but since Mr. Frog has already introduced himself, yay. Yay. (laughs) But I'm also aka Crazy Mad Elf and aka Kevin, which I get to refer to sometimes. Kevin. And yeah. I like to go by Chip Radcliffe every once in a while. <laughs> Is that like your Burt Macklin identity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. That's his, okay. his dog and the street that he lived on. Yeah. Oh, cool. so it's his porn star name. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Porn. <laughs> we have a straight guy on our show this week. <laughs> straight guy who's never watched the show before. This is like my first run. This is going to be this going to be very interesting. Oh God, <laughs> this is going to be. But yes, chaos. one announcement. Uh, just reminder that next week is going to be our next book club segment. So if you haven't done so yet, now is the time to start reading and or listening, whatever is your preferred literary consumption. And of course, we'll have a link to the book in this week's show notes. And we had something exciting happen the day that we're recording this. Speaking of book club. (laughs) We did. We did. Um, So at the week we're recording this, our last book club episode dropped and we got the nicest shout out and promo from Queen Julie Kenner herself. So that's very, very exciting and just a major, major reason you guys should be listening to our book club episodes because clearly the author enjoys them. Yes. And Julie, if you're listening to this episode, Thank you so much for that shout out. Yes. It is definitely appreciated. We are having such a blast going over this this your books and what an episode for her to retweet us. <laughs> Right? Like our complete chaos episode. And the best part is the tweet she retweeted is the one talking about you being a nun. I know, me being a nun. Like the nun and the demon hunter. Like, I don't even know what was going on when I decided I was a nun. (laughs) I think that's still my favorite part of that episode. (laughs) I might actually have to listen to it, even though I didn't read the book. It's, (laughs) there's, yeah. I don't do much book reading. It's. It's chaos. It's definitely a chaotic episode. So if you can figure out what's going on the book, in the book by listening to that episode <laughs> you get a cookie <laughs> so anyway <laughs> all right let's get into it ted it aired december 8th 1997 which was still a monday and which makes this the last episode to air in 1997. Oh, yes. Yep. Our synopsis is Buffy must come to grips with her fractured family life when her mother begins dating again. I mean, completely oversimplifying the situation, but... No, she's she's dating. <laughs> <laughs> like, definitely hits to the root of the issue, and I, I think it does a good job. Yeah. And of course, um, it does also speak to the very real world issues that are present in this episode, which we're going to talk a lot more about at the end. Yes, yes. this is another one of those episodes that really does deal with things that happen in real life. And again, in a very Sunnydale Buffy type of way. So it's a very, it's another one of those very special episodes. (laughs) So many very special episodes in Buffy. So So many. But first, uh, Froggy, do we have any international titles? Yes, this week we do have two. Every, most of them were just variation, were just Ted. It was just Ted. I mean. But 
In French, we have the fiancé. Oh, which is, isn't that just like la fiancé? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then in Italian. It's also spoiler. And then in Italian, we have the mom's boyfriend. So we <laughs> That's the title, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm voting for mom's boyfriend. <laughs> We're totally going to name this mom's boyfriend. Yes, the mom's boyfriend. The. Gotta get the in there. True. Il, il, fen, il fidanzato di mamma. <laughs> Mama. 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 <laughs> so there's no previously on this week. Instead, we see the return of Giles Slayer Spiel before going to the mean streets of Sunnydale, <laughs> where Xander, Willow, and Buffy are all walking along, apparently discussing Captain and Tennille. That's a bit random. It is. I mean, Buffy's never heard of them, and it doesn't surprise me that she doesn't, but apparently that makes Xander comment that she was raised in a culture-free zone. I think there's better culture to discuss than Captain and Sunil? I would think so. Yeah. She says she's sorry. She was just thinking? Willow helpfully supplies an answer. No, actually, she was more not thinking, enjoying many happy non-thoughts. As things since Spike and Drew were defeated have been pretty mellow. (laughs) Yeah. Xander does acknowledge that mentioning such has most likely jinxed them, but Buffy says she'll let him off this one time. Just this once. Just this once. And Buffy's sure no more assassins will be coming for her? Willow asks as they head up the walk to Buffy's house. Nope. According to Angel, the contract is out. How is Angel? Xander tells Buffy to pretend he cares. <laughs> He's getting better. He's dead. Yeah. <gasps> well, I mean, yes. To be fair. <laughs> I know. I was just, you know, stating the obvious. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this doesn't rule out other assassins coming <laughs> later on down the line. Just this particular group of group, assassins. Yeah. There will always be assassins. There's yes. a lot of people that dislike Buffy. Yes. They're so rude. They are. Willow just bet she's love playing nursemaid. Nursemaid? Xander wants to know, is that better than naughty stewardess? <laughs> Both girls groan as they climb the steps and approach Buffy's door. Buffy goes to unlock said door, only to find that it's already unlocked and sitting partially open. Now in full alert mode, she enters, telling the other two to wait outside. She begins looking around, only to hear the sound of glass breaking, followed by her mother saying no. Do you think Joyce says no often? It was the pa- it was a panicked. <laughs> it was yeah. It was like the panicked like no. Yeah, because yeah. she has Buffy's coming home early. But if she had a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and this is this is what you get when you have a straight, literally a straight man. This, this is appropriate. One straight man, two ladies, uh, come and knock on my door. <laughs> <laughs> I know how this goes. I know, I know how to deal with this. I saw that show <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> yes, but they thought he was gay. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Ropers did. The girls knew. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. But yeah, <laughs> it's funny because I was, I was talking side note. I was talking to Panda about the fact we were doing this episode tonight. And of course, her response was, well, now I want to watch Three's Company. <laughs> I know I've been wanting. Yeah. So I was like, well, we'll figure out what streaming service it's on and we'll watch it. Yes. Anyway, this brings Buffy running. She bursts into the kitchen only to find her mother kissing John Ritter. Yay. Mm. I too would kiss John Ritter if I had the chance. Both Buffy and Joyce look a bit, well, embarrassed for Buffy to be witnessing this. And Joyce mentions that Buffy home early yeah uh she heard joyce dropped a wine glass ted says hello and buffy responds with a hi that clearly (laughs) means who the fuck are you (laughs) 
Joyce suddenly remembers they've never met and says that this is her daughter, Buffy. Buffy, this is Ted, who is described in the script as handsome and athletic, a born salesman. I don't know how, I don't know how athletic John Ritter still looks at this point. (laughs) John Ritter's perfect. He (laughs) is perfect. He was perfect. Oh, I love him in the role, but. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. (laughs) Oh, he's so good. We're going to talk about, about his, uh, the the notes he got while doing this, this role. Bam. Credits. Still awesome. Still awesome. So a few things before we continue. Uh, one, Captain and Tennille. They were a husband and wife recording team in the 1970s. They have five albums that made it to gold and or platinum and several hits, including Love Will Keep Us Together and Love Muskrat Love. Keep us together. Two, John Ritter. John Ritter. I am fairly certain most people know who John Ritter is or was, sadly. Sadly, yeah. But just in case, uh, John Ritter was an American actor and the son of an actor and apparently cowboy singer. (laughs) Best known for his performance as Jack Tripper on Three's Company. And his, and John Ritter's son is Dipper on Gravity Falls. He is. So he has four children, um, two sons, Jason and Tyler. Jason is Dipper, right? Jason, yep. Tyler is the one that freaks me the fuck out every time he's on something because Tyler is a clone of his father. Yes, Tyler looks exactly like John. But as we said, sadly was because John did die in 2003 while working on the ABC sitcom Eight Simple Rules. Actually, it's it's really interesting that we're doing this episode when when we're recording it. A couple weeks ago, Jason had done an interview with one of the stations they were putting out, you know, just remembering his father and talking to him. So it was a very, it's very timely that we're doing this episode. His dad died in September. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's, yeah, yeah, it it would have been the anniversary. Yeah. Talking about John Ritter is going to make me get a little emotional. So we should probably note that there is actually a rather long history of the creator's family and John's family working together. His father worked with the creator's father. John worked with the creator's father. And Jason uh, worked with the creator's brother doing a one-act play. Okay. John was also the first actor to be billed as a special guest star. Apparently, everyone loved working with him. All the kids loved working with him. Allison claims this is one of her favorite episodes to shoot because of John's involvement and his involvement made this the highest rated Buffy episode to date, according to the WB exec at the time. Yeah, he really was one of the first really big named guest stars that they had on this show. And the thing is, it's like every single person who has ever worked with John Ritter has had nothing but good yeah. things to say about him like he's always been there there's never any kind of scandals with him he was he helped younger actors in every movie that he did where he was playing against younger actors when he was on eight simple rules you know all of the the kids on his shit like it's just he was such such a good person and that's why that's why when he passed you know people who didn't know him people like us just from growing up watching him, it felt like you were losing a part of your family. He just had that way about him. He felt like he was your uncle or your dad. Yeah, I remember Kaylee uh, talking about it because she did Eight Simple Rules mm-hmm, before she went mm-hmm. on to do Big Bang Theory and she said she, she was absolutely devastated Yeah, when it happened. I think like the entire cast was. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember them. You know, they 
they were a family. He made he made everybody that he worked with feel like they were part of his family. And that's why it was really devastating. Whew. It's okay. Bring it I down. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> we already brought it down. We need to bring it back up. Yeah, yeah. We need to bring it back up. Yeah. Get back to your book report. <laughs> <laughs> You're the kind of girl I paid someone to do my book <laughs> reports because I just tear all them. I will neither confirm nor deny people paid me to type stuff for them. <laughs> I got paid to type stuff. We return from the credits to the kitchen where Ted is whipping up some of his mini pizzas. Xander and Willow watching. Buffy, meanwhile, is on the back porch with her mom asking about Ted. When she met him, if all those late nights at the gallery were something more than her cataloging art. Yeah, yeah. She was black market selling the art to people like Ted. Oh, he's a salesman, you know? He's probably like... Take some tips for selling all that legal art. What he was what he was probably doing, I like the fact that, that Kevin brought that up. What he was probably doing was helping her revamp the system that helps her with her illegal activities. Right. Helps so, hide it all. Yes, <laughs> yes. He was the he was the one that he and he also like got a way that she can contact her other shady business partners. Ooh. Yes. So she does say they met because he's a computer software salesman and that he did completely redesign her system at the gallery, Mm -hmm. that it saved her a lot of time. We know what we we see you, Joyce. We know. We know. Time with which to be smooching people in Buffy's kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Joyce promises her that she was just waiting for the perfect time to introduce them. Inside, Willow is telling Ted how she likes her new nine gig hard drive. (laughs) Wow. Like 1997 when nine gigs was impressive. Oh, yeah, well, actually, that's a. I was really, imp- I was pretty darn impressive back then. They'd even have like Fat Sixteen. Yet it was just nine, nine gigs. I remember when I went over sixteen gigs and had to put special software on to get it to work. That I would have gotten from John. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's like, I would have been friends with him. Oh, Kevin! Uh, I would love cheap hardware, though. There was a, there's a nerd thing I'll talk about later that I have issues with. <laughs> He's going to guess, though, that she doesn't love it because without the new upgrades, it's only doing half of what it could. Well, yeah, but who can afford them? She can. He gets the software demos for free. No reason he shouldn't pass them off to her for the same price, seeing as how she's Buffy's friend and all. This makes Willow begin squealing and babbling incoherently. Ted asks what that's about, and Xander says it's the sound she makes when full of geeky joy. Yes. He says that the mini pizza he's eating is the finest pizza in all of God's green earth. What is his secret? He says after you bake them, you fry them in oil and herbs, but that it has to be in a cast iron skillet. No room for compromise there. Looking back now, I wonder if we should have seen that phrase as red flag number one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, the secret ingredient was drugs. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Because <laughs> now I said drugs. <laughs> part of my part of my notes was I need those mini pizzas minus <laughs> the drugs that are in them. I don't know. Right? Those mini pizzas look really, really good. I, I know. Yeah, cast iron skills not a bad idea. And I should I should try that for you. I was on. going to I was go- that's how you can appreciate me. Oh, on that's how you appreciate you on wet wife appreciation day. Yeah. Because apparently mini pizzas. Yeah. Apparently Sunday is wife appreciation day. So, ooh, yes. Buffy and Joyce return as Xander tells Ted that he should really market his pizzas, that he could get two, maybe $300 a piece. <laughs> Ted takes the plate of pizzas and offers one to Buffy, asking if she's hungry. She is fine. Ted then apologizes as he really didn't want them to eat this way. He wanted it to be perfect, but he really likes her mother. And the fact that Buffy is the most important thing in Joyce's life, well, it makes her important to him too. Joyce comes over and says she really does want Buffy to be okay with this. Ted says he, begs to differ. 
<laughs> they want Buffy to be okay with this. Buffy assures them she's okay. She is? Yep. Only she's not. <laughs> no. Which is why when we see her at the park with Giles, she unnecessarily beats on a vampire with a trash can lid. <laughs> yeah, again. I love I I love Giles just telling her time to st- okay, okay, we we can we can stake him now. We can we can stake him. Knocking him about much longer than she has to. Eventually though, she stakes him and asks Giles if there are any more. <laughs> For their sake, he sincerely hopes not. <laughs> That's how I would like to take out all of my anger issues. Right? There must be so therapeutic i know i'd be such a like more well-adjusted person if i had like demons to beat on every other night well that's why they have those rooms where you can just throw shit and break oh my god we've got to go to a rage room so bad yeah i don't know yeah office space it you know maybe a printer because printers still suck in the year 2021 yeah (laughs) yeah 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 what she kills vampires that's what she does true but she doesn't usually beat them into such a bloody pulp beforehand (laughs) is she okay fine she comes and sits beside giles saying she slayed a vampire there on wednesday why do they hang out at the park Giles suggests that it may be that they're scattered, with their leaders gone and hopefully dead, that they're simply returning to the easiest feeding grounds. Vampires are creeps. (laughs) Yes, Giles agrees. That's why they slay them. Buffy says it's not fair. Everyone's happy living their lives and then vampires show up, running around, killing people, taking over your home and making mini pizzas. (laughs) And everyone's like, I want a mini pizza. But Giles stops her, telling her that the subtext is rapidly becoming text. (laughs) Is she sure she doesn't want to talk about whatever it is? No. Does he think there'll be any more? Because she can wait. The next morning at Sunnydale High, Buffy is walking with Willow and Xander as Xander continues to rave about Ted's mini pizzas. Oh my God, Xander, you're going to make Buffy even more mad. Did Buffy even try one? No, no, she did not. But he did. And he is here to tell her that Ted is the master chef. Okay, but what can you tell us about someone from the fact they're a good cook? Uh, everything? Willow says Buffy doesn't like him. And Buffy corrects her saying she doesn't know him. That yeah, he seems to be nice and polite and adores her mother with a good job but what does that really mean there's something a little too clean about that clown a clean clown (laughs) willow laughs before explaining that she makes her own fun she does i I have a comment on on cooks uh the fact that i've worked in many kitchens um some of the best cooks are big dinguses (laughs) and they do like a lot of drugs though coke coke is a preference of of uh chefs um so yeah yeah if you ever (laughs) back to that If you ever if you ever read um Kitchen Confidential Uh-oh. by Anthony Bourdain, you like he tells the story he tells stories about drugs in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. They make their way towards the snack machine in the lounge, and Xander says she's lacking evidence that they're venturing into Sigmund Freud territory. Willow says he may have a point. Separation anxiety, the loss of the mother figure, conflict with the father figure. Buffy is quick to point out that Ted is not her father figure. Issues much? Buffy says she is not having issues. Xander's not convinced and so does a little dance telling Buffy that she is having parental issues. She's having parental issues. Xander needs to be punched. Xander, we need Willow to hit him again. Like last episode. Willow tries to get him to stop, but he says Freud would have said the same thing. Only, you know, without the dance. Okay, yes, Buffy will admit it's weird. She's just used to everything being a certain way, you know? And now Ted, seeing him coming down the stairs, Xander says his name real loud, causing (laughs) Buffy to be like, yes, 
Ted. Who else did he think she was talking about? He continues with a hi, Ted. And Buffy just turns as he joins the group with a hi, kids. What's he doing there? Oh, he was just upgrading the software in the guidance office, which reminds him he hands Willow her upgrades. She tells him, thank you, clearly excited, but also trying to downplay it for Buffy. Ted then asks if Buffy likes mini golf. Xander says, who doesn't? Exactly. Who doesn't like mini golf? That that, that was where I had my tech problem but i didn't take any notes it was just something about her upgrade what what, what he was upgrading her was a hardware based thing and he gave her floppy disks so <laughs> <laughs> well there's also something on the fact that he gave her floppy disks because at this point in 1997 floppy disks were on the way out so what he should have given her was cds because as we'll see later the logo for ted's company is a cd yes yeah, but he's stealing it. So he's he's copying it on the floppy disks and giving it to her because he didn't really get it for free. He's just a thief. <laughs> oh, so we, we think he's not actually being given demos? No, no, no. Okay, so yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Joyce is a criminal. He's a criminal. <laughs> Oh, that's what they bonded over. That's what they bonded over. They're crim- criminal enterprises. Yeah, because he's oh, always man. he's always selling in the office. What is he doing places? He's like just like doing shady back end deals where he's copying all this off there because there is no security back in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you went on a network and you just saw everyone's stuff. It was it was amazing because <laughs> they're just you just go like, oh, whose computer is this in Bonner Hall? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> They've got porn and music. (laughs) (laughs) If only he hadn't been supremely evil, he and Joyce could have actually created a huge criminal empire. I know. And except for like, if, if he wasn't supremely evil, like he comes off really great in the beginning. He does. He really does. You know, when you first meet him, he just seems like this really great guy, really interested, really wants to get along with Buffy. And then he has to be evil. Well, of course he has to be evil. This is Buffy. Someone's going to have to be evil. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that she just right off the bat is like, he's evil. (laughs) (laughs) It's because everyone in her life, except for the people that she's confirmed are evil. But then even some of those evil people become good eventually. Which is Really, by the time we get to season four and she has a problem with her roommate, they probably should have just believed her right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Her luck sucks. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, no, she, that's... It, she's a magnet. Joyce and Ted were thinking, maybe that weekend they drag the three of them out to the course, get them to swing the irons with the stuffy old people. He's making them picnic with mini pizzas and cookies. <laughs> Buffy's not sure. It sounds fun and all, but they have that thing. Right, right, that thing. Willow looks at Xander trying to get him to agree, but he is blinded by the promise <laughs> of mini pizzas. Cookies, cookies. They can do that thing another time. He's tired of that thing. <laughs> They're in. I too would drop everything to go mini golfing. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And eat the mini pizzas. And eat the mini pizzas and cookies. We'd be really bad at this. We really would. We no. would be No, yeah. We would be right there. We would be right there with Xander eating the mini pizzas and cookies and getting drugged. I find myself agreeing with a lot of Xander's bad choices watching this show, so <laughs> Bad choices in this episode are food related. It's really hard not to agree well, with that. Either- well, well, the food related, even when I got hooking up with people he shouldn't be, and like, well, okay, his his the reason why you relate to Xander is because Xander is a straight teenage boy. Yeah, you were once a straight teenage boy. Yes, and you're a straight teenage man. They they, t- um, a teenage man. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I didn't do that on purpose. That was, but that was actually good though. I like yeah. that. Yeah, no, no, that's that's like it's like it's almost like man child, yeah. but he's a little bit older. He's he the man child has gone through puberty. Now he's a man teen. <laughs> I'm a man. Okay. Oh. Oh. We leave them going to Giles, who is hanging outside Miss Calendar's classroom. Oh. He steps inside with a quiet hello, and she greets him with a Rupert. He tells her that her textbooks have come into the library. Did she want him to hang on to them? Yeah, that's fine. She'll send kids by to pick them up. He starts to leave, and she says that was a pretty flimsy excuse for coming to see her. He smiles, a bit embarrassed to be caught, and says she should have heard the ones he threw out. Mm. He just wanted to come by and see how she was doing. She's... She's doing pretty good, actually. Stayed out of mortal danger for three whole weeks. She could almost get used to it. She's just having trouble sleeping, though. Giles comes into the room further, saying, of course, she just needs time or space. She tells him that he's hanging around, making little puppy dog eyes at her, wondering if she's okay. It's not helping. In fact, it makes her feel bad that she's not doing better. That is a fantastic line. Yes, yes. And I I love it. So glad that they had Jenny voice that feeling. Yep. Because a lot of the time, that is what happens after trauma. Mm -hmm. The person attempting to heal is, is made to feel bad by those around them and never on purpose. No, no, like everybody wants to make sure you're doing okay, but- Yeah, good intentions. Yeah, and the and also the problem with this world is there is nobody equipped to help you. (laughs) No. After you go through something like demonic possession. No, absolutely not. So it's 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 like the real world when you go through any sort of trauma because no one really helps you properly anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Since it's a very special episode of Buffy again. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you you have these people who go through trauma and your your family is around you and they just, they want to make sure you're okay. And yes. have you tried this? And have you talked to that person? And you eventually just want to tell them you're fine. Just to make them go away. you're feeling guilty that you're not okay for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And so to have Jenny voice that was, I just, I was so happy. And of course that made me look up who wrote this episode because that was just, just a great line. And of course, the creator wrote it along with David Greenwald. Yes. Yes. No, it's it is a really great especially especially in the 90s where mental health issues weren't taken very seriously a lot. No, you know, not at all. like you're like oh suck it up and get over it. Mm-hmm. But for her to be allowed to express that really was a big step. From Jenny and Giles, we moved to Buffy and Angel. Buffy complaining about Ted as she wraps Angel's hand. Apparently, Ted is all Joyce wants to talk about as of late. And Buffy, she's tired of talking about Ted. So does that mean she's going to talk about something other than Ted? (laughs) Sorry. She just, she doesn't see why her mom needs Ted in her life. Angel does. He says loneliness is one of the worst things there is. Fine, if he wants to go bringing wisdom into it. Yes. Angel's a big creeper. Ugh. Angel is I, I'm I'm behind Angel in this this conversation though. Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, but his, unfortunately his companions are all in their age. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Just why does the person her mom need in her life have to be Ted? <laughs> is there someone else Buffy would prefer? Giles. Her dad? Right after she says it, she tells Angel that she knows it's not an option. It just sucks. But fine, fine. For her mom, she'll try. She'll go and she'll play mini golf and curtsy and be the dutiful daughter. Does she have to like it? Angel tells her to kiss him and she says, finally, something she wants to do before falling into his lap. Okay, so I am going to say, at least here, we do have the mention 
earlier of Buffy having been with him when he's healing. Yes. So we do know that they've been seeing a lot of each other off screen. Yes. Yes. So this is the first time we have confirmation that they've actually been spending time together and that we have finally moved away from the three cryptic sentences and then disappearing. Exactly. Yeah. So it's good that they're actually spending. So it it makes a little more sense where we're going to be heading in a few episodes. Yes. I do feel better knowing we we have this uh, like this confirmation that it's probably been about a week of, or two of them seeing each other like every day. Yes. Yes. yes, but if but if you miss this one little line, you think it's really strange. <laughs> yeah, and well, not even that. It like because because and she is from here on in. They they do have scenes where she is with him training and stuff. Yeah, do, yeah doing more yeah. things at the mini golf course. The group approaches what Sander calls the dreaded fifth hole, the cuckoo clock. So many have come, so few have conquered. <laughs> he goes to take his shot as Ted asks about Buffy, how the boys must be lined up around the block. She says they're not. And Willow says, yes, they are. But Buffy only has eyes for her books. <laughs> at Buffy's nudging, Willow forgoes mentioning Angel and instead says they call Buffy Bookcracker Buffy. <laughs> Oh, good. So then they can expect her grades to improve? Her grades? Buffy heads over to her mother as Ted takes his turn. They talked about her grades? Yes, Ted asked. He wants to know everything about her. It's a good thing. Really? Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, I have I have a problem with this. Okay. Because thinking about it, like, okay, but like my situation, like my mom's boyfriend at the time, you know, I grew up around him. But when you are first dating somebody, they don't need to know every single thing about your teenage daughter. They no. are not your daddy. They are not your dad. <laughs> like, I, like it takes the thing. The thing is that bothers me about Joyce telling him all this stuff is trust is something that needs to be built up, especially yes. when you're a product when you're when you went through a divorce. Your daughter needs to know that this man is somebody who can be trusted, and Buffy has already shown. That she doesn't trust him, you know, and, and thinking about a real world thing, she's very standoffish with him. He's not mm-hmm. her dad. He, They need to do more to get her trust and telling him her, that she gets bad grades is not a way to build it. No. And I am, of course, I'm going to defer to either here because my mom never dated again or anything after the divorce. Yeah. So I I don't have any. Oh, I have so much experience with this. <laughs> no. This particular part of being a child of divorce is is very foreign to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm out as well. My parents uh, yeah. are still together, even though my uh, it's it's um, they're, they're growing old and are angry at each other more now. But uh, and that's and because your mom with... is like the best, though. I love your mom. Oh, she gets she's such an angry Italian lady sometimes. It's like that's she's so I nice and she turns it on. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. But and... see, that's why I love your mom, because I get to hear stories of her doing it to other people. But she's always <laughs> really nice to me because I'm company. Yeah. Don't cross her. Don't, yeah, don't cross her. Yeah, but no, like, it, even even growing up in the situation that I did, like, I, and again, because he was not a great person, my mom's mm-hmm. boyfriend that we lived with, he was not a great person at all. And his whole thing was, and that's what, like, this, this episode really hits me hard because of it. He only wanted to be my dad when it came time to discipline me. Like, there was never any love, affection, no interest in what I was doing. He just wanted to be a disciplinarian. And then he wanted to say, I'm your father. Like, no, you're you're just a disciplinarian. Like, you have no love for me. So he, he's just a motherfucker and a food eater. Oh. <laughs> Can we 
not have those words in the same sentence as my mother. <laughs> oh my god, Kevin. Sorry, I'm just quoting, quoting the great Keanu Reeves. Yes, I know you're quoting Keanu Reeves. I realize that. Oh, I can see the pain in your brain right now. <laughs> I'm I'm having so many regrets right now. You can bleep that, right? It's just put a put a. Put we a, don't we don't, we don't bleep, bleep anything. anything. We say fuck all the time on this podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. It's <laughs> yes, I, I forgot. Oh yeah, we're no, not we, kid friendly. No, we're not we're kid not, friendly. We're not. No, we kids shouldn't be watching this show, and if they are, good for them. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I can't say anything about that because I used to show like my cousin Angela this show when she was like four. Looking up from her conversation with Buffy, Joyce tells him, "Nice shot." Of course, there was a small bit cut from here where Ted ho- helps Joyce with her swing and just meh. <laughs> At another hole, Buffy hits her ball only to have it ricochet off the castle and go into the rough. Joyce tells her that it's fine. They won't count it right before Ted interrupts and says they won't. <laughs> he doesn't want to overstep, but what they teach her now is what she carries out into the world, whether it be at school or an unchaperoned party. <laughs> and while the decision is up to them, he just thinks the rules are the rules and what's right is right. Right. Joyce admits he does have a point. Yeah, but they're a decade late. That <laughs> shit is, you're, you're 17 years old. That shit's out the window. You got to put that in when they're five. <laughs> <laughs> you coming in to end of the show? <laughs> And it's mini golf. That's right. It is mini golf. Yeah, if you're gonna cheat at mini golf when you're 17, you're gonna cheat when you're 22. You can't. You can't change that. No, it's not happening. This is not. You're late. It's done. The cake is baked. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You can't put it back in the oven. Wow, Kevin. Tell us really how you feel. I don't know. <laughs> Buffy says fine. She'll just hit her ball from the rough. Heading around the castle, she finds her ball on the grass and picking it up, she first checks to make sure that the others aren't watching before dropping it in the hole. How about that? A hole in two. Ted begs to differ. Come and knock on my leg. (laughs) I got a hole in two. Okay, fine then. Dock her score or whatever. It's not that simple. The rules are the rules and what's right is right. Why can't anyone see that? Maybe because this is just a game? He says it isn't just a game and he's not going to tolerate any of that malarkey in his house. (laughs) All while beating his own leg with his golf club. Rather hard, too. Something Buffy notices and is way concerned about. I'm concerned about the whole situation. Yeah. He just turned into a psycho. Right? The script does say that this is the first glimpse we get into Ted's psycho soul. Oh, I like that description. This is when he becomes the 80s villain. Yeah. Because he's starting at... Out as like the eighties. He's so eighties in this whole like everyone's nineties in this in this episode, and he's still in the eighties. Like he's technically he's still in the fifties. Yeah, yeah. Well, he made he's just slow. But you know what? Because it's John Ritter, and because John Ritter did so much in the eighties, I think that's why you're yeah why you're getting hit with that. No, like, no, he's yeah, gonna have that seventies, eighties vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, like everyone else, it just yeah, he doesn't have that. He has that. It feels villain. He feels dated. Oh yeah, totally. Which yeah. is great because it's perfect for this character. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's really it is good. No, it's good. Buffy tells him it's a good thing she doesn't live in his house. Right before he says he'll slap that smart mouth off of her, <sighs> Buffy's taken aback, horrified even. But before she can say or do anything, the others have rejoined them, and Ted's whole demeanor has changed. He asks who's ready for dessert, and says he has cookies too many cookies xander and willow are gonna have to take some home the group offers buffy one but she doesn't move just continuing to stare cookies 
A few mornings later, Joyce is in the kitchen when Buffy comes down. Joyce greets her with a good morning, sunshine, and says there's orange juice and cinnamon rolls. Don't they smell great? Ted made them. Buffy takes the piece she had torn off and puts it back. And Joyce (laughs) asks what's wrong. Buffy says for once she'd just like to eat something that Ted didn't make. Joyce doesn't get it. Ted has gone out of his way to be nice to Buffy. And she couldn't even say two words to him on Saturday. Buffy starts to tell her mom there's something wrong when Joyce continues. You know, she didn't expect Buffy to love him right away like she does. She just, she wishes Buffy would make an effort. She loves him. Contemplating that for a moment, Joyce says she doesn't know. Maybe? She just knows that there aren't a lot of men beating down your door when you're a single parent. Buffy finishes the line along with her. So I don't know. I felt like that line was a little misleading. Like you're acting like Joyce raised Buffy all by herself. And it's been like, oh, so hard to find someone to share. Like she's been divorced maybe a year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't, I I don't know. In the nineties, I don't think milfs weren't like as much of a thing until, you know, like Stifler's mom. (laughs) Um. I think, Well, I think one of the things that I have an issue with with this is Joyce never expressed any interest on screen in dating, you know, in finding somebody else. So I think that's also why, like, the whole line about nobody's, you know, knocking down my door. Yeah, I mean, from this point on, we do see her date more in later seasons. But yeah, we do see yeah. her occasionally date. But yeah, up until now, it's all about getting settled in Sunnydale, yeah. getting the gallery up and running, making sure Buffy's not going to get kicked out of school again. Like, she's had way too much going on in her life to worry about a man. You know, and I think you if You have she... to start somewhere. Yeah, but I think if she had at some point been like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about getting out there again. You know, I might start seeing people, might go to coffee with, you know, go, you know, go do something. Yeah, well, she might have started that way, but he drugged her. (laughs) But also, like, when you, like, she, she could have said to Buffy at any point before, before, they're making out in the kitchen they she could have said hey i met a guy at the at the gallery and you know he's really nice and like that's the thing like it doesn't like a lot because like i do know a lot of single moms and they are very careful you know and they do take their kids into consideration yeah which it just is so it just does seem like out of left field yeah but like i said it might have started that way but then it moved straight into her being like like high all the time. <laughs> like when you're when you're messed up, you don't care about nothing. <laughs> kid, what kid? Oh my god, could you imagine? Could you imagine poor Willow and Xander if they if that school had random drug testing? Oh god. <laughs> so I see you've been taking ecstasy. <laughs> what? No, no, we don't. Pu- we don't do that. <sighs> oh my god. Oh poor Willow. I know. Though, though, if it was later, it will totally be doing Adderall. There'd be a very special <laughs> episode. But that wasn't a thing back then. We just had like we just had like those coffee. I mean, those uh, caffeine. Well, no, pills. no, they had yeah the caffeine pills because yeah. Well, I mean, um, saved Save by the bell. bell. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. That's that's why yeah. I brought that I'm up. I'm so excited. I'm so so scared. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Joyce assures Buffy that she would never be with anyone who didn't care for her. Why can't she see that? That's when Buffy drops the bombshell. Ted threatened her. What? He threatened her. He threatened to slap her. Joyce looks at her for a moment before telling her Ted did no such thing. He told Joyce what happened. He caught her cheating, didn't he? 
Yeah, so maybe she kicked her ball in, but that's not, and he didn't tell any of the others about it. Pretty decent. Buffy can't believe what she's hearing. Joyce continues to say that Ted said they have to give her some time. Speaking of which, he's making dinner for them, so if Buffy can be home promptly at six. Frustrated, Buffy storms from the kitchen as Joyce picks at one of the cinnamon buns. So good. (laughs) What are in these cinnamon buns? What? What could it be? (laughs) I wonder if that's what Krispy Kreme does. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. (laughs) At school, Buffy tells Willow and Xander that she wants to look into Ted. Look into him how? You know, investigate, find out all his secrets, hack into his life. (laughs) Xander asks if Buffy isn't overreacting just a tad, which is when Buffy threatens him. (laughs) Like, talk about an overreaction. Xander's all, can you say overreaction? And her response is, can you say gaping chest wound? Yeah, that's, that, that escalated very, that escalated very quickly. That escalated very quickly. Buffy, Buffy's just having a bad day. Well, she's been, you know what? She's been having a bad few weeks that's true she's been having a time yeah yeah between you know everything and what's my line yeah she's been having a rough rough patch it's not gonna get any better i know i know it's all downhill from here it's all downhill from here willow then mentions that it does kind of sound like buffy wants him to be dirty he lost his mind over a mini golf that's not normal xander agrees he's intense but that's not a slaying offense (laughs) there's just some things that one has to accept well ted isn't one of them xander Again, gets distracted as Cordelia passes by behind the girls and he compliments her with nice outfit. Oh, haha, very funny. <laughs> he wasn't joking. Yeah, well, then what is he trying to say? Nice outfit? Whatever. She heads off and Xander goes to follow, <laughs> telling Buffy and Willow that he'll be right back. Watching him go, Willow wonders what's up with him and Cordy. He catches up with Cordelia and she asks, what's wrong with him? Nothing. He just gave her a compliment in front of his friends. <laughs> They're going to know. <laughs> know what it's too traumatic to even talk about (laughs) that they kissed Cordy makes a disgusted face you know cordelia if you don't want people to know maybe don't talk about it in the middle of a crowded walkway and also the fact that he gave her a compliment and she freaked out yeah but that's that xander's normal mo he's normally always snarky but since he's on drugs right now because he had just eaten a cookie (laughs) he gave her a compliment his 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 snarkiness goes away he's a happy drunk yeah all she had to do was walk away though like she's just making it worse oh no she totally made it worse and again like like why are you yelling about it in the middle of the walkway xander says he's not going to tell them and they're not going to know not his friends not her friends so does she want to go to the utility closet and make out is that all he thinks about she pauses okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah back to buffy and willow buffy knows there's something wrong it's it's like ted has a problem with her that he views her as being in the way and her mom she's been totally different ever since ted's been around it's the drugs it is the drugs (laughs) different like happy different like stepford will she help her willow tells her of course she will what does she want to know buffy says to start small can willow find out where he works of course she can and we go there next yep buffy wandering about the office 
getting a feel for it. She listens as Ted finishes up on a sale, adding it to his number on the board and declaring he's going out to lunch. Buffy, of course, hiding when he leaves his desk. (laughs) Once he's out the door, she comes out of hiding and runs into Neil, who introduces himself, saying that Buffy must be new. I like Neil. Neil seems really nice. Yeah, yeah. Neil's just a sales guy who gets it done and he's he's not really going to help you. He's he's just there being polite and and you're going to be gone next week and he's just going to be polite to the next person because that's what happens in the sales world. Yeah, yeah. She says her name is Belinda, which <laughs> after years of my dad wrote a porno, yeah, I know. just, I can't. <laughs> I can't hear. Yeah, yeah. You hear Belinda. Did you blink? <laughs> So that's what Dylan and I listen to anytime the two of us are visiting on you with visiting you on a road trip. <laughs> she says she's just temping for the day. She comments on Ted's numbers and says he must be the one to beat. Oh, no one beats the machine. He knows everything about computers, never loses a client. And if Neil sounds bitter, it's because he is. <laughs> so he must have ex-wives? No. Just a girlfriend. Neil's honestly surprised he let her clutter up his desk. (laughs) And by clutter, we mean there is one whole picture of Joyce in a frame. (laughs) Neil's just glad he's taking off for the wedding. The wedding? What? Yeah, it's set for two months from now, and and Neil is just counting down the days. (laughs) Seeing the Uber boss coming, he heads off as Buffy goes to get a closer look at Ted's desk and the picture on it. Turns out it's one of her and her mom. Only it's been folded so that Buffy doesn't show. Yeah. She gets cut out. That's not ominous at all. No. No. Nah. No, it'd be more ominous if he just had her face cut out with a little pair of scissors, you know, <laughs> or burned out with a cigarette. Or like yeah. just scratched out. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would definitely be much, much worse. This oh just makes God. it look like it's the only way it would fit in the frame. Yeah. 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 I see so many ex-husbands with their faces blotted out on <laughs> the f- on photos that I scan. <laughs> That night at dinner, Buffy is not happy, and it shows as she sits listening to Ted say grace, which contains a pointed line or two about people being more considerate and more honest. Oh, Ted, you could be more considerate and honest. I'm not sure if Ted's lying, uh, or more like omitting many, many facts. <laughs> so A lie by omission is still, still a lie. lie. <laughs> <laughs> he just made a face. That's all he did. <laughs> Joyce starts eating as Ted said he had another fantastic day at work. And how was Buffy's day at school? Did she learn anything? Quite a bit, actually. Good. He asks Joyce, who he calls Joycey. That is kind of cute. I, I actually like that. I think that is kind of cute. Okay. Maybe if it was someone other than Ted, yeah, it would be cute. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> but it's, it's Ted, so ew. Yeah, everything Ted does is ew. Yeah, if it was Aquaman, it'd be awesome, right? Um. Well, no, because I would not want Jason Momoa dating my mom. I would want Jason Momoa dating me. So no, I would not be happier if like (laughs) Aquaman was calling her Joycey. Uh, He asked Joyce what she thinks and she thinks every house should have one of him. It's fantastic. Doesn't Buffy think so? Now would probably be a good time to mention that they made Ted such a good cook because Ted's cooking skills are a small inside joke and a throwback to John's character on Three's Company as Jack was a chef. Mm Mm-hmm. That's cool. Buffy says, yeah, it certainly looks good. Well, it's not just for looking. It's also for building strong bodies. Ted watches Buffy and Buffy watches Ted, neither moving. Joyce tries to end the awkward stare down, but instead Buffy asks if they're engaged. What? No, why Why would she think that? Ted asks Joycey <laughs> to let him explain. And he tells Buffy that he and Joyce are taking it one step at a time, but he hopes that 
if things continue to go well, that one day soon he may just ask Joyce to marry him. How would she feel about that? She remains silent and Ted tells her that it's okay to have feelings and to voice them. She says she'd feel like killing herself. Uh, okay, mm. that's a little, that's, that is a little, that's a little heavy. That's, that's when, that's when you, when uh, they, they tell you on the, on the commercial, if your friend's having suicidal <laughs> thoughts, please contact us. This, that's one of those things, the signs that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little extreme, Buffy. Joyce goes to scold her, but Ted says no. He asked. Still, Buffy needs to get used to having him around because he is not going anywhere. Buffy asks if she can be excused and Joyce says she can go to her room. That's where she can go. As she heads upstairs, Joyce tells Ted that she is so embarrassed that she, had, she has no idea what's gotten into Buffy. Ted takes her hand and says, it's okay. One doesn't make salesman of the year by giving up after a few rejections. She'll come around. He takes a sip of water, his eyes moving towards the stairs. In the park, Buffy sits on a swing, playing with a stake and calling out, Vampires! Here, <laughs> vampires! So cute. She wants to fight something so bad. Oh, she, you, she needs to. She has to. And yet, there are no members of the undead to be found. <laughs> so she gives up and heads home, climbing in her window to find Ted! Ah! Oh, oh, Ted. that's Ted. That's personal space, Ted. Oh, that's that's more than personal space. That's. <sighs> but before we get into that, how pretty is the umbrella in front of the light? I it just is. I love that. I I will forever love just how girly Buffy is. Like. Yes, her room is just so super pretty and girly with like the butterflies on the wall. Yeah, and like, yeah, and you know, she's again, she's just she's strong. She's fierce. But she's also a girly girl. And Ted is a creeper. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Ted, he's being a supreme creeper. It just gets worse. And sitting up in Buffy's room in the dark, just waiting for her. Which, where does Joyce think he is? Having a nice chit chat with Buffy for hours. Or Maybe. She, or she just passed out because she had too much drugs. Too upstairs. many drugs. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe, like, maybe he told her he, she, he was going upstairs to talk to her. And then, like, she just thought they were, like, finally, like, talking about their feelings or something. Yeah, yeah. Hashing it out. Buffy asks him what he's doing there. And he tells her that her mother said for her to go to her room. And they both know she didn't mean to climb out the window and go gallivanting around town. Buffy's about to answer when she notices that her steaks and holy water and such are littering her dresser. He went through her things. He did. He had no right. That's her private property. Well, the way he sees it, it's not a whole lot different than her snooping around his place of business. What exactly is a vampire slayer? (laughs) Buffy tells him it's none of his business. Beg to differ. Everything she does is his business from now on. She tells him to get out and he asks or what? She's going to slay him? He's real, not some goblin she made up in her diary. He tells her that psychiatrists have a word for people like her. Delusional. So from now on, she's going to do what he says, when he says it, or he's going to show her diary to her mother. She'll spend her best dating years behind the walls of an asylum. Because John Ritter is such a nice guy, it makes Ted a whole other level of creepy. Yeah, he's just turns on that switch of he like it's just it's just a whole different level and it's again it's just how good he is and you're so used to him playing the nice guy and yeah you you wish he you wish you wish he did like a one hour photo movie at one point you're like yeah 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 that he would have been he would have been really good back then (laughs) doing doing like a series yeah 
some kind of like you know dexter villain or something (laughs) some sort of serious creeper yeah like this was he goes to leave and buffy moves to stop him that diary is hers and he is not leaving the room with it he tells her to take her hand off him and she says no which is when he hits her oh she was hoping he'd do that because now now she can hit him back they fight and that's when joyce comes running telling buffy to stop as she beats ted back out of her room and all the way to the stairs he falls tumbling down and landing at the bottom joyce runs after him checking for a pulse breathing anything but there's nothing he's dead looking up at buffy she says that she killed him i think this is so heavy so okay i can light it up come and sneak in my room i've been waiting for you (laughs) where kicks to his face his face and her face it's bad company too (laughs) i love these like come and fight in my room (laughs) fall down the stairs pretend to be dead (laughs) (laughs) the three's company now there's two enjoying these songs no so like i remember this being like an oh shit kind of moment when this first aired because while we all knew that ted was bad news at this point we had no indication that he was anything other than just a shitty guy yeah so we like all really thought buffy killed someone yeah but yeah i I did an oh shit too i'm like i'm like so how are they going to find out he's a demon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and the, the whole thing is like, he smacked her. The first thing she should have done was yelled for Joyce. Like, I know Buffy being Buffy, her first instinct is to fight. I'm, I'm, yeah. also, I'm also assuming he hit her hard, like inhumanly hard. Like yes. it was, and she's like, this bitch isn't real. He's, he's some, some demon bitch. Like, and I'm going to kick his ass and I'm going to well, expose like, his horny head head or gross face whatever it is and it just he just died and i was like oh shit so (laughs) the script does say he hits her like arnold schwarzenegger hard yeah yeah it looks it but the script also has the fight in the bedroom being a little bit more brutal like it says he like yanks her hair and like all this kind of stuff and i'm like yeah why wouldn't she have just like let joyce hear the noise and like stayed on the floor yeah like I because there was no way that was gonna look good. Yeah, Buffy, I know. Buffy's not. Buffy's gonna kick some ass. She doesn't. She doesn't placate to someone's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a soccer player and fall down and get my card. No. <laughs> She's just gonna punch a bitch in the face. Wait till Panda hears about that. Panda's gonna love that line. I know. Um, But yeah, no, like, the way that she should have played it was, let him look bad. No, punch a bitch in the face. That's Buffy. It's not happening any other way. I would have, I would have had problems if she was laying there, no. But the fact that this was like such a giant oh shit moment was a huge testament to mm-hmm. the writing and directing of this show. Yeah. And John said in an interview that a lot of the notes he got from the creator when they were filming was, John, that's too creepy. I'm going <laughs> to need you to scale it back. Because yeah. <laughs> the whole point was taking the audience by surprise in a couple of scenes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah so th- they, th- they were very tight on making sure like, while you knew Ted was off, they were not going to give away that there was anything wrong with him other than being a psycho. Yeah, like you yeah. just wanted him to think that he, you wanted, they wanted you to think that he was just, just a psycho. Yeah, like you Because, said. I mean, David Greenwald has said that the stepfather was a huge influence in this episode. And yeah. that, of course, is just by, it's just about a psycho serial killer. Yeah, yeah. So, um, also, how did this fight not clue Joyce into the fact that her daughter was not normal? <laughs> well, she caught the tail end of it. I know, 
but like her little five foot something daughter is like Taekwondo kicking a dude down the stairs. She also knew that Buffy was getting in trouble for fighting. Mm, that's true. That's so, true. So that's like the fighting thing would not be. A so there's like a lot of shock right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guy dies in the bottom of your steps, the last thing you're thinking about. It's like, yeah. oh crap, my daughter just killed someone. Yeah. Oh, she fought really well. Yeah. Ooh, she no. really held her own. He did. <laughs> he is dead. <laughs> we next see Ted being zipped into a body bag as Buffy sits shell-shocked on her French porch. A detective approaches Joyce and says he needs to ask her a few questions, like her relation to the deceased. She said they were seeing one another. And can he t- tell her what happened? He fell. He just fell. Did he trip? Did something happen? Does she know any reason that might have happened? Buffy says it's because she hit him. She hit him. We moved to the police station where Joyce sits at a desk waiting while Buffy is being questioned. I can't tell if Joyce is handcuffed or if there's just like a clunky silver watch. Yeah. If she's handcuffed, she's probably pretty pissed at her daughter because like this close to the cops could have blown her whole operation. Seriously, (laughs) they're gonna gonna look into our lives. They're gonna look into my business. They're gonna get my records. They're gonna find out that this shady man that died also was helping me with my criminal empire. No, it it is Sunnydale and people die here all the time. True, and the mayor (laughs) may... You know, be part of the black market art dealing, probably, <laughs> and has to keep Joyce in business without her knowing. <laughs> <laughs> he needs his boxes full of little things. Buffy tells the cop that Ted was in her room, that he was there, and they started arguing about. He had her. The detective interrupts to ask if this is the first time the two had argued. No, he threatened her tonight. No, no, the last time he, he threatened her, but tonight he had her diary, and she went to get it back, and that's when he hit her. He hit her. Where? She motions to her cheek, which shows no sign of injury. And the detective says he must not have hit her hard. She tells him she doesn't bruise easily. So she's been hit before. Yes, but not by Ted. Not before tonight. She tells the detective she doesn't know what he wants from her. She told him what happened. She's sorry. He gets it. Things got out of hand. Ted's a big guy. Looking away from Buffy, he begins writing something on his notepad. Are they going to charge her? Joyce asks the detective as he comes back to his desk. Right now, no. They're not bringing anything up against her daughter. She says Ted struck her, and if that's the case... They do need to investigate things further, but right now he suggests the two of them head home and get some rest. (laughs) Good luck with investigating that. Yeah. Where's Ted? (laughs) (laughs) The car ride is silent. To be fair, bodies do disappear from the morgue all the time. Yeah, bodies disappear from that morgue like every day. A lot of times they just get up and walk away. Yeah, like seriously, like I would I'm imagining at some point, like a couple vampires who don't know each other ending up in the morgue together and just like, oh, hi, hi. I don't know. I don't know, man. uh, I'm jumping ahead here. But Ted says the 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 person was surprised that he got up. And I'm like, this that happen every other day. (laughs) I don't know that they usually see (laughs) the because it is it is night, I guess, when. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. The day shift isn't used to people walking out. If it was the night shift, they'd be like, oh, go ahead. It's out that way. Over there. Yeah, have fun killing people. Yeah. (laughs) Have fun storming the castle. And we already we already know that, you know, the 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 hospital and the blood delivery people know what's going on. Yeah. The car ride is silent, Buffy alternating between staring out the window and Joyce as Joyce just stares straight ahead. We see Buffy at school the next day looking super cute in her overalls. Mm -hmm. She enters and immediately all eyes are on her, everyone whispering as she passes. She moves to get past them all to get to the lounge when Xander and Willow catch up with her. Hey, 
why is she there? Is she okay? She said she couldn't stay at home, that her mother won't even look at her. They ask her what happened, unless, of course, she doesn't want to talk about it. She says they fought and she lost her temper. Yeah, but the paper said he fell. Oh, he fell. (laughs) He fell hard. So what was he? Buffy looks up at Xander and he repeats the question. What was he? Demon, giant bug, dark god with the power of Nouvelle Cuisine. They are talking creature feature, right? (laughs) When Buffy doesn't respond, Xander understands and mutters a quiet, oh god. Yeah, but it wasn't Buffy's fault. He started it. Looking at Willow, Buffy says she's pretty sure that defense only works in six-year-old court. (laughs) Court? Are they charging her with something? No, not yet. She stops taking a moment before saying that he was a person. He was a person and she killed him. Poor Buffy. No, Willow tells her not to say that. Why? Everyone else is. Xander tells her that it was an accident. She's the slayer. She had no right to hit him that hard. Xander says he doesn't know what happened, but he knows Buffy and she would never hurt someone. Not unless, unless they were dating her mother. (laughs) She can't stay there. She needs to go. Getting up, she heads off only to run into Giles, who is emerging from a classroom. He asks if she's okay before realizing that's a stupid question. And of course she's not. Looking behind him to the cop outside the room, Buffy asks what's going on. Giles says it's nothing for her to worry about, that they're just asking a few questions about her behavior and such. Of course he, we never get to know what Giles told them, though we can assume it was all good things. As Buffy brushes past him leaving. In the library, Xander's pacing. This whole thing is killing him. Ted has to be evil. (laughs) Cordelia thought he liked him. Sometimes, Xander says, he likes things that aren't good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think Xander has that problem all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's pretty much Xander's MO. Yeah, yeah. Besides, he knows Buffy and she would never put the hurt on someone who didn't deserve it. Ted was dirty. He knows it. Yeah, but they have to prove it. Xander urges Willow to find something. A history of domestic violence, maybe? She asks Xander for a pen and he reaches into his bag, discovering a few leftover cookies. He immediately begins munching on one. Cookies! (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Giles is packing weapons into a bag ready for patrol. Willow says Buffy isn't going to jail. They won't let it happen. It's just not fair. Giles says whatever the authorities have planned for Buffy, that it can't be worse than what she's doing to herself. She took a human life. That sort of thing weighs on a person. Cordy points out that Giles would know since he helped raise that demon that killed that guy that time. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Let's do make sure to bring that up as often as possible. Poor Giles. (laughs) Xander asks if he's going on patrol and Willow says she doesn't like the idea of him going out there without a slayer. He reminds them that until Buffy regains her equilibrium that there is no slayer. Well, if he needs any help, Cordelia actually offers to go on patrol with Giles. That's so cute. Which, yes, good Cordelia. This is the growth we like to see. Yes, like she is, she's definitely, she has definitely come a long way from where she was at the beginning of season one. Giles tells them no, he'll be fine. And besides, Buffy needs their help more. Speaking of which, Cordelia thinks this whole thing is bogus. Shouldn't Buffy have like, A license to kill? What? No. Well, okay, maybe not kill exactly, Hmm. but she's like Superman. Shouldn't there be different rules for her? Maybe in a fascist society. (laughs) Yeah, they should get one of those. Oh. Oh, that's such a current topic. (laughs) It really is. Yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be some current topics that come up Mm -hmm. a little later (laughs) down the line too, especially when we get to gingerbread. Oh, Willow says that Ted is totally clean. No record at all. Still munching on his cookies, Xander says, it'll be fine. Don't sweat it. They'll figure it out. Don't sweat it? Cordelia wants to know what happened to this is killing me. Worrying, Xander says, never solved any problem. Willow (laughs) watches him gesture with the cookie before snapping a 
piece of it off. She might have an idea. (laughs) Back at the Summer's house, Joyce is cleaning out various kitchen cabinets, packing up old pots and pans when Buffy enters. She asks if she can help, but Joyce says it's already done. That she's been meaning to clear that stuff out for a while now. Right. Joyce then asks if Buffy has any homework. She tells her mom that she didn't mean to hurt him, and Joyce says she doesn't want to talk about it. Buffy begs her, but she says she can't, and for Buffy to just go to her room. Buffy goes, and Joyce heads down into the basement. In the science lab, Willow is studying the cookies. Xander asks what she found, and she says the secret ingredient is not love. (laughs) Nope. It's a drug that works as a tranquilizer, keeps y'all mellow and compliant, and also shares many chemical properties with ecstasy. This this is evidence. Xander motions to the cookies. This is real evidence. (laughs) Willow is the best person ever, and he loves her. (laughs) Which may be the cookies talking, but hey, she rocks. Cordy enters just then, carrying a stack of printouts. Turns out Willow's search finally hit Pater. They found a bunch of personal records, including marriage certificates and an address. Xander suggests they go to keck it out, get their slayer back on her feet before somebody else gets hurt. Speaking of someone who might get hurt, mm-hmm. there is Giles. Oh, Giles. I love this part. <laughs> Creeping in the woods by himself. Yeah. On patrol when someone sneaks up behind him. Someone, of course, being Jenny. But as he doesn't know it's her, he thrusts a crucifix at her, causing her to remark, yeah, I get that reaction from men all the time. <laughs> I mean, she she is a handful. She is. Witch! She's a witch! (laughs) Turn me into a newt! She doesn't have that kind of power. No. No. She's just a techno-pagan. No newts. No newts. A digital newt! A digital newt! In my game! (laughs) I was playing Warcraft! (laughs) I'm a barbarian and it was a newt! (laughs) I got to pet her! Giles wants to know what she's doing there. She says she saw his car and wanted to apologize. Giles tells her this isn't the best time. And she says she needs to get this out. That she was a bit harsh the other day. And that she gets that he must feel so bad for putting her in danger. He does, yes. Just like he feels bad now. (laughs) Jenny looks behind her to where Giles has caught sight of a vampire fast approaching. Back at Buffy, she's sitting in her room when she hears a noise. She calls out to her mom, but gets no response. Deciding she can't just sit there, she heads for the window only to find that it won't open. Did her mother nail it shut? Great. Hmm. Well, at least she knows this day can't get any worse. Oh, Buffy. Buffy, never say that. (laughs) Because of course, now Ted pops up behind her with a beg to differ. (laughs) She doesn't understand. He's dead. True. He is. She killed him. Does she have something to say about that? (laughs) And I'm sorry, perhaps? Oh. She asks what he is, and he says a salesman. See, no matter how hard you try to put him down, a good salesman always bounces back. He grabs Buffy and throws her across the room as we return to Giles and Jenny, and the vampire quickly charging them. Jenny yelps and moves out of the way, causing the vampire to tackle Giles. They struggle, fighting, as Giles yells for Jenny to get a weapon from his bag. She chooses the crossbow and works on finding the perfect aim, as Giles and the vamp keep circling. Buffy and Ted are also in full fight, full on fight mode. Buffy seems to have the upper hand, but then Ted grabs her throat, beginning to squeeze. He says he had to shut down for a bit to get her off his back, and that she should have seen the intern's face when he got up off the table. <laughs> it was a hoot. An intern. How- however, the fun's over now. Certain she has the right aim, Jenny tells the vampire to say goodnight, big guy. We're <laughs> pulling the trigger. I love how sassy she uh, is. Yeah. Unfortunately, the pair move again, and Child- Jenny ends up shooting <laughs> Giles in the butt. <laughs> she drops the crossbow, feeling awful. <laughs> And the vampire lets go of Giles, now laughing. Oh. Nice shot, lady. (laughs) 
<laughs> Jenny quickly tries to locate a stake, but it's fine. Giles has this. He pulls the crossbow bolt from his body and shoves it into the vampire, <laughs> dusting him. Oh, that's badass. Oh. He is our favorite for many reasons. Yes, he is. Poor Giles. Ted is coming closer and closer to choking Buffy, her breathing getting more and more difficult when she manages to reach over and grab a pointed nail file, stabbing it into Ted's arm. She forces him to let go as a bunch of wires become exposed. Buffy takes a few deep breaths, gasping, as Ted begins glitching out. Downstairs, Joyce emerges from the basement. Hearing the door shut, Ted kicks Buffy in the face, knocking her out before heading to the door. He tells Buffy not to worry about him and her mother. They are going to be very happy. Xander, Willow, and Cordy arrive at what appears to be an abandoned shop, breaking one of the windows. Xander reaches inside the shop to unlock the door. I don't know if anyone else can tell by this giant window, but this shop is the same set that will be later used for the magic box. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did notice that that was familiar. Nope. As they, well, of course not, Kevin. You haven't even gotten I, there yet. I watched it, maybe. No, the magic box is a store in the Buffy universe that Giles It's the one runs. Giles runs. Oh, later nope, on. I haven't been there. Yeah. <laughs> no. As they head inside, Cordy says she's going to go check the back, and Xander tells her to look for cookies. You know, for evidence. <laughs> Willow says she's counted four marriage certificates so far. Any divorce papers? No. So either their friend Ted is a Mormon or... Wait. <laughs> Willow says one of the certificates is from 1957. Ted would have had to have gotten married in preschool. Cordelia returns from the back and says she found nothing. It doesn't look like anyone has worked or lived here in a really long time. The place does kind of look abandoned. And the rug does doesn't go with the rest of the decor. <laughs> the rug? Xander steps off it and they pull it inside to reveal a hidden door. In the kitchen, Joyce is packing another box when she hears a noise in the hallway. Assuming it's Buffy, she starts to apologize. However, when she turns, she sees that it's Ted, something that nearly causes Joyce to have a heart attack. Poor Joyce. Is it really him? How? She saw him. He was dead. He knows for nearly six minutes. Any longer and there would have been brain damage. But she saw them take him away. No one knew. He was unconscious for almost a day. They even took him to the morgue. It was a miracle that the intern found him. A miracle. A miracle. Pulling away, Joyce says, Buffy. Ted has to understand. She never meant to. Shh. Ted pulls her in close for a hug. It's okay. She doesn't have to worry about Buffy. She doesn't have to worry about anything. Daddy's home. Oh. 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 I'm I'm, going to need Ted to never refer to himself as daddy again. Daddy's home. We only, we, we, there's only one daddy that we recognize on this show. That's right. One daddy. There's only it one. It is not Ted. Our no. British daddy. Yes. Oh. I'm sorry, Kevin. What? You can, you, <laughs> you're fat dad. I'm bad dad. AKA yeah. also bad oh, dad. <laughs> did you think I was talking about you? That's a real bad dad. <laughs> <sighs> why'd, I, why'd I agree to come on this show? I was going to say, have you even listened to the podcast? I have listened to it, but when you're in the moment, it's a bit different than listening to it. <laughs> the shenanigans seemed lessened when you're removed, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're talking to me when I'm listening to the episode, but when I'm here, it's like, oh, I can mistake in there. But no, more Giles first thing. Yeah, I'm... First of all... English sexiness. First of all, Kevin, I wouldn't refer to you as daddy. I, I know. <laughs> I thought it was weird. <laughs> that's the best part of this. Go with that feeling. <laughs> 
Okay, also, brain damage happens after three minutes, so clearly Ted isn't that smart. Yeah, no. Having opened the secret door, Xander, Willow, and Cordy descend the small staircase that leads below. Xander turns on the light, and they're greeted by a perfect recreation of a 1950s home. The kind you would expect to find on something like Leave it to Beaver or Donna Reed. Cordelia says it feels like home. You know, if it's the 50s and you're a psycho. (laughs) She takes a seat on the couch, reaching for one of the magazines. Meanwhile, Xander and Willow poke around, Xander opening one of the closets, (laughs) and immediately (laughs) shutting it, telling the other two that they need to go. But what about the evidence? They got it. (laughs) Oh, what was in there? Ted's first four wives. (laughs) I love the acting from Nikki. Yes. Like that whole- Nope. Nope. (laughs) Nope. We gotta go. Ted tells Joyce that the thing that brought him back was her. He couldn't go into that light, not knowing she was there waiting. He had to go back for her. He's going to make her so happy. Joyce says maybe he should sit down. Why? He never felt better. Okay, but maybe she should talk to Buffy first, you know, before she sees him. Why do they always have to talk about Buffy? What about his feelings? Teddy's feelings? He's the one who died. Fuck off, Buffy's died too, Ted. You're not special. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. True that. Yes. And she'll die again. And she'll die again. Joyce is a bit taken aback by his tone, but as he did, as far as she know, just die, she tries to give him the benefit of the doubt, telling him that she doesn't really know what to do. Doesn't he always tell her what to do? Isn't he... He begins glitching out, random phrases interjecting into his sentences. He tells Joyce that they're going to go away, somewhere where no one will ever bother them. Yeah, Mm. Joyce is finally picking up on the creeper vibes. Yeah, I think she's, uh, (laughs) she hasn't had his, his cooking in a while, so she's finally... Yeah, she's sobered up. She's sobered up, yeah. She was being fed a lot of drugs. She says she thinks he needs to rest. He thinks she needs to be quiet. He doesn't take orders from women. He's not <gasps> wired that way. Literally. Back, <laughs> literally. Back in the park, Jenny feels really, really bad about shooting Giles. Of course she does. She shot him in the ass. She says she's sorry, and he insists he's fine. She really doesn't think she is. he is. She <laughs> thinks he's just in shock. But he insists that he's okay, that it didn't go that deep. Advantages of wearing layers of tweed. It's better than Kevlar. (laughs) Still, he pulls his handkerchief away and there's blood. So Jenny says they're going to the hospital. She helps him up. And as they begin limping off, they both begin to laugh. (laughs) Some night, huh? Jenny says he really knows how to woo a girl back. In her room, Buffy begins to come too, just as Joyce is trying to get Ted to sit. Calm down. She says they should have a drink. But Ted says they should be hitting the road. That she's going to love the house. He had it decorated just the way she liked it. Okay, well, (laughs) she should pack. She starts to go past him, but Ted grabs her arm. He already has clothes for her. They're just her size. They're always her size. She left him once, but he keeps bringing her back. Husband and wife, it's forever. Upstairs, Buffy bursts out of her room, and hearing it, Ted says they need to go. (laughs) Joyce tells him to let go, attempting to jerk her arms back as Ted hits her, sending her back into (sighs) the wall. Fine then. He'll just carry her. However, as he's about to pick her up, Buffy arrives, attacking Ted with a cast iron skillet when he goes into the kitchen looking (laughs) for her. She hits him once, twice, before he finally short circuits, wires exposed, and smoking as he lays on the kitchen floor. Apparently during the filming of this scene, both Sarah and John were sick. Mm. Sarah had the flu and John had food poisoning. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. 
A day or so later, Buffy and Joyce sit together on the porch. Joyce asks Buffy if she wants to rent a movie, and Buffy says, sure. Only Joyce says nothing horror, or romance, or with men. <laughs> right, so they're Thelma and Louise-ing it again? Sounds like. Joyce says it's strange that she still feels like he's going to jump out at her, especially after what they found in his house. Buffy says she wouldn't worry about that. He's not coming back. Joyce just wishes she could be sure. Trust her. Ted is on the scrap heap of life. <laughs> the scrap heap of life. The scrap heap of life. Yeah, they put him where they put all the other things that don't melt into that disintegrate into dust <laughs> you got a pile going somewhere man it's yeah well that was one of the things that we were talking about with uh the reason why every the vampires get dusted is because eventually you're gonna lose places to bury bodies and that's also something that comes up in in our book club like <laughs> i'm thinking they just put them back in Shut the, the graves where the vampires area. came from yeah oh hold on i got one more for you Okay. Yeah, come and knock on our door. Got a level frying pan for you that will mess up your face. Now you're an evil robot from... Oh, shoot. I messed that up. Now now you're a robot from the evil Nonian Sue. (laughs) So, sorry. I screwed it up. I like the song. I like the song. I was was like four for four. I was three for (laughs) four. Yeah, didn't make it. No, you you did very well. You did very well. You did. It was a very good try. Yes. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Three's company was gonna keep coming up. I of didn't course know it was. It was. Be quite like that, like <laughs> like that. But yeah, no. I like our musical interludes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, we do them occasionally. So Thelma and Louise is a 1991 American female buddy crime road film directed by Ridley Scott and starring Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon. It received six Academy Award nominations and actually won the award for Best Screenplay. It's considered a landmark feminist film, and in 2016, the Library of Congress added the film to the National Film Register. You know what I realized? I just realized that you never explained uh, Stepford. Oh, I didn't. Well, oh, I didn't. No. Okay. Um, we can do that real quick. So I'm going to do this one on the fly. Yeah. So Stepford is a term, um, Stepford Wives. It was a book and then a film. And then the film was remade in the 2000s with Nicole Kidman, though most people don't like that version. I like that version. It, but it's more funny than scary. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it was originally written in 1972 and it was a satire. Yes, about these, um, the communities and the families you look at where everything is perfect and mm-hmm. that obviously there there is something sinister going on beneath the, s- the surface. I know in the reboot, it was robots. I don't yes. know if that was the case in the original. Yeah, I for... No, it was it was robots. Yeah, yeah it was it robots. Was so robots. the idea is that all these wives were, were robotic. Which is also... It's also interesting because Ted was the robot. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, that, like, totally lines up. Yeah. So, so it, yes. So she... It, like, the, the wife part didn't end up being a robot, but the Ted husband did. Was. Yeah. yeah. I totally recommend watching the remake. I think it's funny. It is fun. Bette, Bette Miller's in it. Roger Bart. Uh, like I said, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. I think Faith Hill's in it. A lot of people are in it. Yeah. Just yeah. a ton of people. And the original is good. The original is good too. I don't know if I've ever seen the original. Yeah. Yeah, I have the I I I have a copy of the book that I downloaded because I wanted to read. I'm like going through I'm going through an old school revival right now. So yeah, I I, I keep thinking of how advanced Ted was. Uh, okay, yeah. So so let me we we discuss this on another episode. Okay. So one and and this is actually one of the things that comes up in the previous in the episode where they're trying to build the perfect girl. The Frankenstein episode. The Frankenstein. Episode. Frankenstein. 
there was um, one of the one of the writers came to the creator and basically said, how are regular people able to come up with being able to build things? And the creator basically said, it's the hell mouth. Yeah, I, I, I've seen the old episode. Um, yes. No, but I'm just saying that that's that's how the original Ted managed to build this. Robot. Yeah, I, I was actually the, thinking the, the hell mouth. The hell mouth provides what you need. See, I had a whole backstory, though, because the original Ted was a time traveler that got stuck there. <laughs> That then he fell in love with this woman who left him. And since he had all that advanced technology, he built himself an android self when he died of prostate cancer. And then and Kat <laughs> re- went, took his old wife back, but then was stuck in that program where he had to find the woman that looked like his old wife. Whenever he found one, he wooed her and then kidnapped her and made a mummy out of her in his basement. Can you describe <laughs> my face right now, Mary? <laughs> It, it's very, it's very tired. I am very tired. You're overthinking it. Ted backstory. Spinoff. Oh my God. <laughs> you know how Three we part can- miniseries. That's what he needs. <laughs> we can't because- John Ritter's John dead. Ritter's I know, dead. I know. Oh, you can just use his son who creepily yeah, looks like him. Use- yeah. So there, there was talk um, when they interviewed John, they asked if he would like to do the show again. And he's like, well, you know, Willow kept parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so- so he, if they had called him, he would have come back yeah. in a heartbeat. Yeah, that would. He could have been a head in a jar. That'd been good. Yes. For our final scene, we go to Sunnydale High, where Xander, Willow, Buffy, and Cordelia are walking through the hall. Turns out the real Ted was a sickly loser. His wife left him, and so before he died, he built a better Ted, a Ted that grabbed the wife and brought her back to the bunker of love. <laughs> then when she died, he kept going out and finding women who resembled her, bringing her back time and time again. It's creepy on a level that Xander cannot even describe. Willow says the sad thing is the real Ted must have been a genius as there were design features in that robot that, well, she didn't keep anything, did she? Nothing big. Oh, Willow, you're supposed to use your powers for good, not evil. Willow says she just wants to learn stuff. But she hasn't used her powers for evil yet. She has not. What does she want to learn? Like how to build her own serial killer? Well, it is so hard to rent one these days. <laughs> as they head into the library, Buffy says she is just ready to let the whole thing go, to move on, and that's it. She gives up. <laughs> what? Does she have to sound an air horn every time she walks into the room? She abandons the library without ever going in, and through the windows, we see that Giles and Jenny are making out. Giles glasses off, and just Xander and Cordy's shared look when they see what it is. Buffy was looking at it's just it's the cutest goddamn thing yeah because they're looking through they're looking through the window like yeah it's just yeah it is a really cute scene for the two it's, of them it's so cute they're like they smile they give each other and then they kind of like laugh as they they walk they giggle, away I yeah just, that the, the way that they the way that they giggle and run away is just such a great moment for the two of them it really is because and it's also showing that they can enjoy each other's company yeah like they, it's more than the making out like yeah. they do as much as they're like meh they do enjoy each other yeah because a lot of because a lot of their bickering later on comes out of the fact that that's all that they've done in the past so it's very every like all the bickering is half-hearted it's comfortable bickering yeah and the end that's it so so a few things about this episode 
as we said in the beginning, uh, AIs aside, there are some pretty heavy real-world themes going on here. Trauma, both Jenny's post-Igon and Buffy's still dealing with the divorce of her parents. Something we've rarely seen her talk about outside of nightmares, but that is clearly still haunting her. Mm-hmm. And actually, John Ritter said that working on this episode helped him understand his own stepdaughter more. And then, of course, we have themes of domestic abuse and gaslighting, the two-faced behavior that is more common in these situations than it should be. David Greedwalt even said, there are millions of families in America like that, where mom and dad look so good on the outside and go to church on Sunday, but you get inside the house and it's terrifying because dad is an abusive totalitarian. Yep. And now that we've talked about all the heavy stuff. And one, also, also, also being drugged. <laughs> also being drugged. Um, one final little fun fact. Apparently, John played with the cast of Buffy in the WB softball tournament. I and uh, was one of the main reasons they beat the cast of Seventh Heaven. I, I remember that. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. And that is it for this week. I guess I was mistaken about him being athletic. You were you were mistaken. You he were. is very athletic. He's very good at softball. Oh, apparently, got it. you you uh you judged a book by its cover, Kevin. Tis tis tisk. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to Mister Frog for joining us and putting up with our shenanigans. Thank you for well, uh, he had his own shenanigans. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry my soundboard didn't work. I had a Aww. yeah tear. I'll get it right for maybe next season. I I'll was be- gonna say we'll get it right for the next time you join us. Yeah, we'll pick. We'll pick a. We'll pick another. We'll pick, pick another, another good, good straight guy episode in season three. And thank you all for listening. And make sure to join us next time for a book club when we Yay. will be covering Deja Demon, Oof. the next book in Julie Kenner's Adventures of a Demon Hunting Soccer Mom series. More tears, probably. More tears, I am sure. More crying over Eric. Eric. <sighs> Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which are listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye. 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 Bye.